the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we're continuing in our series entitled Courageous Conversations. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the world through the lens of faith to better understand how we should navigate the spiritual battlefield. In the book of James, the Bible tells us that unless our faith is expressed in our thoughts, our actions and feelings, and perspectives, it's of little value, and I'm sure we can all see the importance of that truth. At the same time, It can be hard to live by faith. I looked at current events this morning in preparation for the show, and to be quite honest, I got in a bit of a despondent spot. I saw a story about illegal immigrants being bused to Chicago, only to be bused somewhere else as political pawns in a despicable game, and it really set me off. These are people who simply want a better life for themselves and their families. They are brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, sons and daughters, and they are being bussed around this country like they are not God's special children. How can that not break your heart? As an immigrant, I understand how the system works. Furthermore, as a Marine staff officer and advisor in Iraq and Afghanistan focused on border security, I understand the issues related to the borders. Still, Reading stories about this situation pained my heart, and that was just one of many sad topics. As I read these and other stories, on the surface, I thought about the disgusting state of American politics and culture. And I thought about, and this will shock you, I thought about our new puppy. I was walking him this morning, and for some reason, he decided that he would be terrified of cars. He's been fine up till now, but today he acted like a complete nut. His craziness made it very difficult for me to walk him safely, and so I stopped 
knelt down and hugged him close to me. As I reassured him that I would take care of him, I thought about my own mental and emotional state. Has God not reassured us? Has he not explained the nature of this world? So why am I feeling so distraught? And then it hit me, I am demonstrating the same lack of trust and understanding as my new puppy. Does all of this sound familiar to you? Does any of this sound familiar to you? Are you experiencing ups and downs of emotion and hope? If you are, today, I'd like to talk about trusting God amidst the turmoil of this world and why it can be so hard and about how we can overcome our feelings of insecurity, anger, and upset to be a serving, calming, uplifting, and hope-giving influence. With me in the studio today to help me with this conversation are Pastor Steve Dennis and, as always, my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. Hello, everyone. Howdy, guys. Pastor Steve, would you please pray for Absolutely. us? Absolutely. Father God, we praise your holy name. We thank you again for how amazing you are and, and all that you bless us with and all that you do for us. So, Lord, we give you the honor and the glory, give you that honor and glory for this time, and we ask that you do with it what you would, that your Holy Spirit go go before and and take your word and our words and, and let them land on whoever's listening, wherever they are, and let it ultimately bring you glory and, and to draw them closer to you, to give them some knowledge and info guided by your truths that, that can help them navigate this, this world, uplift them, encourage them, and turn their eyes and their hearts to you, not to us, not to a radio show, not to anything but you. Let let your Holy Spirit have his way in this time as only he can, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 You may be wondering why I consider this subject a courageous conversation. I consider it so because it takes courage to be honest with ourselves so that we can be honest with God. Does that make sense? Yep. I would agree. William Gurnall, who wrote the book The Christian Incomplete Armor, said, O pious hypocrite, either deny the name of Christ, whose insignia you only pretend to march after, or throw away the phony armor of self-righteousness and come to him in true repentance. And so, in my mind, being honest with God is the first step in learning to trust his love, and it would be like my puppy telling me honestly, for some reason, cars are scaring me today. Imagine if he'd have said that instead of just acting crazy, and then I would have known so much better how to help him with that. We could have gone and walked somewhere else. And I think when we come to God in honesty and just say, Lord, I'm having trouble today, or whatever the case may be, maybe it's something we have to repent in order to come to him. And I just think the integrity of that coming to him is the well from which all good is drawn. So, any uh, any thoughts on the subject of trust and how hard it is sometimes? Well, the image that comes to mind is at the foot of the cross. And if you're at the foot of the cross, you're in a humbled position, down, looking up. Um, and so then I go to our puppy, Ruger, when he is actually um, in a calmer state, you know, <laughs> He's learned to even put himself in a down stay 
and look up to you for guidance. And and I think when we can come to that place, it gives us moment, it gives us uh, rest, it gives us pause, it brings us to that humbled place, which is not necessarily easy to be, but it really is the safest and best place to be. Pastor Steve? Well, I, I think the key thing that you just said in that story is he looks to you for guidance. Yeah. Um, as as you were bringing us into this conversation, Rich, um, the thing that kept running through my mind is, unfortunately, so many of us are not conditioned to do that very thing, to look to our Heavenly Father for guidance. True. In the moment, in the gunch, in the whether it's whether the bullets are flying over my head or not, my you know the 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 lizard brain in me wants to just react, just wants to go. Okay, so so in that moment, it takes some conditioning for your. You can condition if you've studied the human brain, lizard brain. You can condition the lizard brain and how to react. You take a trained military person, a trained martial artist, whatever the same scenario presented to them and me, they're going to, they're going to react out of a training because they've conditioned themselves to react that way. Um, so then the question, I think the first thing you were mentioned coming and being honest with is, have I spent enough time conditioning and training myself that that's my first go-to um, is my first go-to prayer is my, I, I remember whenever I was first getting into ministry, we were putting on this huge event at the church and, I was in charge of all of it. I was running around. I had a headache like crazy. I come into the room where some some of the elder ladies were were uh, preparing some stuff, and I, I said, "You know, do you, does anyone in here have any Advil, Tylenol, something?" And one lady said, "Sure, but what's wrong?" And I said, "I've got a killer headache." And she goes, "Well, let's pray." Mm. I mean, the first thing she did was walk over and put her head on my hand and pray for me. And she gave me a couple of Advil to go along with it, but. Her conditioned response as a as a very mature woman of God was, first step, pray. Yeah. God uses medicine. God uses Advil. But um, have you tried this first? And I, I think I think so many of us we haven't we haven't gone through the training. We haven't worked out that muscle, so to speak, to say, boom, this is what I do first. And we go to the quick fix. I think that's a really brilliant point because as an airline pilot, as a Marine, as a pilot, we rehearse uh, immediate action drills so much and they work. And when stuff goes wrong and it happens so fast, you revert to that. And I was not praying this morning when I was reading these stories. I was not asking God to help me. And I did, uh, I, I did get upset. And I was uh, wondering, the closer we get to Jesus, would we not get more upset by the things of this world? But at the same time, the closer we get to Jesus, the more we understand the nature of things, the more faith and trust we have in him. The more conditioned we are. The more conditioned we are. And so, yes, things will hurt more. Your brother and sister's suffering should hurt more, but at the same time, you know that Jesus has a plan and that uh, he is faithful. The The response, if it takes you out of character, then it's in control. Or, or sorry, excuse me, the, the, the situation. If seeing the news today took you out of character, then it's in control. Versus where you do your ready action drills and, and things like that, then 
you're in control because you're bringing a conditioned response back to it. Whenever, whenever those things cause me to, to, to step out of character and to step out of who I say I am as a Christian and to maybe lead, then all of a sudden lead by bad example, then it's in control. Pastor Steve, you mentioned the lizard brain, and I mm. do a lot of work with that. And, and the, you've got the lizard brain and you've got the thinking brain. And so when you're in that place or that flight, fight, or freeze, that's when it's taking, that's got the control and you're reacting. But thinking is that consi- condition space, and we have to train mm-hmm. to do that. So maybe I came to those stories before I had adequately prepared myself, put myself in the character of Jesus where I'd like to be. And so I was uh, less ready to uh, see those things and process them well? Well, yes, but also in there comes in the training. Like I said, you can train the, the if if me and a black belt jiu-jitsu guy are walking down the street and some guy jumps out and is ready to attack us, the black belt jiu-jitsu guy is going to react quickly differently than I'm going to. So so that that's where the training comes in. Well, folks, if you want to hear more about Pastor Steve doing uh, black belt jujitsu stuff, stay with us. We'll be back after this break. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. I counted the streetlights as we headed up to the chapel to pay. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're in our series entitled Courageous Conversations. And we're talking about how difficult it can sometimes seem to bring yourself to the foot of the cross, as Christy talked about, in honest repentance and also trust. And Pastor Steve made a very important point when he said, are we spending enough time in conditioning? Because as we respond to the world from a place of conditioning, then our responses are more in character as we strive to make that character the character of Christ. But if we are not preparing ourselves, rehearsing, conditioning, such uh, that we put ourselves in the character of Christ, well, then those responses to life's provocations could be uh, anything. It makes me think of an exercise you um, encouraged me to do a couple of years ago at the beginning of the uh, 2021, and I wrote down on a um, 
piece of paper on the left hand side all the characteristics that I could describe Jesus with and then all the characteristics good and bad that I would describe myself with and I was looking at those things to which I need improvement and it's folded and it's in my devotional and I'd probably pull it out and look at it once a month but I I always I often look at it and look at kind of what I'm not doing well, but there's also, I think, Richard, you've encouraged me, well, you're doing this well type of thing. And so I think we have to find tools and we have to find exercises and um, steps that we can take. As part of that conditioning. Yeah. And that was a really, I just wanted to share that with the listeners because that's been a helpful tool for me. And I keep coming back to it this, this much time after and going, okay, I can continue to work on this and become more like Christ. But I've got to look at it. I've got to face it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it probably gets to a place, uh, a beginning place of what is real, as you often do. And uh, something I was thinking about is in order for my dog, this new puppy, to trust me, the puppy needs to know who and what I am. Hmm. Good point. And the question for us is, do we know who and what God is? Is he this angry, vengeful God of religion and man's creation? Or is he a God who has hung around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, ministering to each and every one in every generation, striving to help them to be the best that they can be? Is he not a faithful God who has stood the test of time, who wants the best for us, is he not a God who can be trusted? And if my puppy took a minute to consider this, if he had the wherewithal, of course, am I not a guy who can be trusted? I'm not going to lead him in traffic. And so if he stopped responding to what he thinks and his immediate uh, fears, the, the noise, here comes a big diesel truck, And if he just settled down and said, okay, who is my master? What is he like? And I think so much the same of Jesus. If we say, who is my master? What is he like? Yeah. And then we get in that character and it's that character that's responding to the world, whatever we are on any particular day. Well, and I think what, what you're saying goes hand in hand with, with, the conditioning, how how is Ruger going to know who you are and that you are someone trustworthy? Is through spending time. If mm, you if, good point. If if you just got him out of the crate for five minutes, took him out to potty and brought him back in, put him back in his crate, and that's all you ever spent with him, he would never get that sense of this is who my master is, and and I can trust that I am. So there's where the conditioning comes in, spending the time in the presence of the Lord through prayer, through uh, reading his word, through uh, fellowship with other believers, seeing, seeing some of the things that they've gone through and taking encouragement from them, having, having a, an elder mentor type person that's gone ahead of you that you can then follow. But this is all, there, there's the, the relational investment piece of this that starts with me. And he's, Jesus has done his part. He he's made his investment and he's he's made himself available. God tore the veil. I mean there there's there's no hindrances from us going right straight to the foot of, foot of Jesus and sitting there and saying, "All right, Lord. So, 
then have I put my investment in? Have I put that time in to find out he is who he says he is? Who does he even say he is? Have I read enough of his word to, to say that I can say that, well, this is who he says he is. Now, have I spent enough time with him to see him come through on that? So there, there's the conditioning. There's the training. There's the right, or the, the relationship. And out of that comes this beautiful fruit yeah. of, a, of an amazing, uh, faithful, trustworthy relationship that we can, we can operate, operate in moment by moment. Yeah, I love that that uh, question you pose. Have you made yourself available? And if you remember, we all went to church on Sunday, and it was one of the uh, things that was said as we were looking at First Thessalonians in chapter two. Um, and I wrote down uh, my notes here: Are you available? And then another uh, from a psalm: Search me, search my heart. So this is where I was starting when I was saying we have to search our hearts. It's, it's not about religion. It's not about reading your Bible for 15 minutes a day and impressing anybody. It's about you and me bringing ourselves to our loving Creator, making ourselves available and being honest and searching our hearts if we're not doing those things, and then we experience all the trouble, all this heartbreaking trouble of this world, and now how are we reacting? Maybe in a worldly way, maybe uh, in a way that brings discredit, as we call ourselves Christians. So that honesty and that integrity, I think as we look at the world, and I was looking at uh, when, you know one of those news feeds or tells you the stories of the day. And one of the things that occurred to me is there's just no integrity. Well, that's them. And you bring up such an amazing point. My integrity demands that I be able to answer the question, as God searches my heart, have I made myself available? Then there are leaders out there that um, have made themselves available. What I know about her, Queen Elizabeth, she, you know, being this monarch, as she um, traversed all that she went through, she reached out to Billy Graham. Billy Graham, and she's been uh, she's been very vocal about her faith, um, and and it seems that we can look out there and we can see the lack of integrity, but we can also see people who have. Um, for lack of better words, come to the foot of the cross. Well, I'm glad you brought her up because she's a brilliant example. We've been talking about her a lot since her passing. She's a brilliant example of somebody who was steadfast, could be trusted, and people talk about the length of her reign. Yeah. 70-some-odd years. Well, what's the length of God's reign? Mm -hmm. And can he not be trusted? And... When we think about the earthly example that she set, yeah, and we Britain trusted her, and it could trust her, and prime ministers trusted her through wars and so forth, and she was uh, steadfast and consistent and loving and just and righteous. Uh, may she rest in peace, and Amen. also may we find that same uh, comfort knowing that our God, our Savior, our Lord, our Master, 
is also unfailing in uh, his steadfast love. And so it is a great way to read the Bible, to go through a particular uh, passage or chapter and ask, what does this tell me about the nature of God, the character of Christ? Yeah. And then do I emulate that character? Are these some of my attributes? Would a friend describe me as this? Or do I have some work to do? And something I would like to bring up as I'm busy telling you this morning I was falling short. I was not responding. I was reacting. And I got in a place. And it's not being in a place. It's not what is uh, falling short about us on any given day. It's what we do next. Exactly. And Pastor Steve's point about um, conditioning. Have I, have I done enough conditioning? And asking that question. And if the answer is my behavior is not right, then the answer is no. And so that conditioning, prayer, as you mentioned, reading your Bible, asking questions, not just reading it by rote, but asking questions. Um, what would you say in addition to prayer and reading your Bible? Well, like I said, trying to do the things that he's asking. Am I serving him? Am I serving? Am I... Am I looking at others with the compassion, um, or am I looking at them with judgment? You know, a lot of these, a lot of these questions are going to be hard for any one of us to ask at any given time, and there's none of us that are immune to any of this. Then um, the further you go, the bigger the target you paint on your back, and and so some of the sometimes the bigger the struggles, um, and we can probably maybe talk more about this in the next segment, but it's. The first question, I think, in in relation to today's topic is, do I trust God? Do do I really? Um, and I think I think my my then my uh, actions will will help answer that question because if I always go to me, if I always go to the self help book, if I always I got this, I'll figure it out. Um, there there's so many things in our day to day life that 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 we maybe haven't given over to him. Just like you were, you were saying previously, uh, like, like a need to control causes extra pain when it's really in his hands anyway. So do I really trust him? I think that's brilliant, friends. We're going to a break, and what I would ask is in the next couple minutes, think about that question that Pastor Steve has so poignantly posed. Do I trust God? Do I trust him to care for me, to have justice? And I'm going to leave you with that. Please come on back. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance 
and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelo has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of courageous faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. We are having courageous conversations on Courageous Christianity. And when we went to break, Pastor Steve posed such a brilliant question when he said, do you trust God? That's a question to sit with. Well, let me uh, uh, suggest a couple scriptures in that uh, conversation. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Psalm chapter 9 Verse uh, correction, Psalm 9, verse 10. And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Mark chapter 5, verse 36. But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. So it all comes back to trust, it comes back to whether God is real. For you, and he's very real for me. I have had personal experience with his faithfulness, his love, prayers answered in ways I couldn't imagine, questions answered before I was done asking them. And this is the Lord who's been around the entire time, who created everything. And so to me, that's very faithful. Well, I, th- those are those are great scriptures. Those are go tos anytime we're talking about this topic. But the the I, I think part of the conditioning we're talking about and coming from is one of the things that helps, and I know helps me. Uh, this is an exercise or or something that I've conditioned myself to do when when everything's hitting the fan, when everything's just 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 going crazy and everything. Or, or it seems like I'm just getting blow after blow after blow, is to stop and go, all right, yes, this is real. This is reality. There's no sticking our head in the sand or there's no, there's no avoiding the, those incoming shots. But go, look how he's been faithful here, 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 here. Look how he's got me through. You know, I've got, I've got young kids and, and 
they'll fall they're riding their bicycle or, or they, they, they play like crazy jumping off the back of the couch and all this stuff. And, you know, sooner or later, one's going to get hurt, you know, bang a, bang a knee, bump a head or whatever. And they're crying and it's genuine pain. And I'll scoop them up and I'll just, I'll, I'll just start telling them, just breathe. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I say, I know it hurts. I've been there. I've landed on my head a lot. I know it hurts, but I'm telling you, you're going to be okay. You're going to get through it. This isn't the end of the world. This is, you know, Yes, you're hurt, and it might even be a pretty serious hurt, but you're going to be okay. So I just start trying to reassure them, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Let's let's breathe. Let's get through it. The pain will start coming down. So uh, I would encourage everyone to say there's so many places that where, okay, maybe in this, I haven't really dealt with a sick child or a loss of a job yet or whatever. So to say, do I trust him in this? Well, I might not have seen him come through in that. But then go back and tell yourself all the ways that you've seen him come through. It's not like he's going to be someone different just because you lost your job. Right. So look at what he has done, not what he hasn't done. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, You know, you have to approach this with such compassion because we all have difficult days. I was reading recently Billy Graham writing about how he was having a very dark time and he called his mother. And this is Billy Graham who we think of as a rock. And he was praying to God and didn't feel that God was answering him. And uh, his mother helped him and pointed him back to the Lord. And then he just remembered all of his goodness and his steadfastness, that word steadfast. And so this is a painful world. Uh, if you're a sheepdog, uh, as uh, I think of myself as a person who wants to protect and care for, and uh, you can't help but being agonized at some of the things you see. And we talk about how faith comes before culture and culture comes before politics. And so the mess we see in politics really reflects a lack of faith in our culture. And, okay, so we say that, but it doesn't change the fact that when you see some of these things that you see, it can be very painful. And and, and can be very moving. I, I, I started to mention a story before the show we had a gentleman in the church, um, you know, coming to church, doing, doing the thing or whatever. Um, the the when Obama got le- elected for the second term, he, I mean, darn near went nuts. I mean, went into a depression, wouldn't come out of his house. The you know, I'm a small business owner, and his plans, blah blah blah, just going on and on and on and on of all these things that he perceived were going to happen. And he he kept saying it. He, if he said it once, he said it a hundred times. We're all going to be eaten out of dumpsters. And finally, I, I I I just stopped him. I said, you know what? I can't tell you that that's not true. I I, I can't. I can't tell you that that's not going to be the state of the world in the very near future. But here's what I know: my God promised me I'd never go hungry, I'd never go thirsty. If I go to that dumpster, there's going to be something edible in there for me to eat. That's trusting in the Lord. Um, and so, he, you know, where he was at, he was trusting in our government or whatever to, to create a platform for him to be safe and happy. Well, we're never promised that. 
But what he, what we are promised is that he'll never leave or forsake his children, that that his children will never go hungry. Okay, so so that's what what am I using to to influence my current state of mind? The fact that this is going on, or the times that every, all the times that Christ has come through and been faithful to me. Yeah, uh, I would ask this question along with the question that you posed before the break is what is keeping you from fully surrendering? And so I said uh, in discussing this, I probably have a need to be in control of things as a commander responsible for lives, as uh, an airline pilot responsible for lives. And so I can sometimes, I think, be in that place as a sheepdog who's used to taking care of people and ordering things, not like giving orders, but helping put things in a manageable way. Now I look at the news and things are out of control feeling. Well, I'm looking at those things as me. They're not out of control for God. Mm. They're out of control for me. So I think it would be honest to say my need for control can get in the way of me remembering they're not out of control for God. That's good. That's a good point. And so then in that small way where I'm my puppy trying to understand what God's doing with the same small-mindedness, no offense to the puppy, um, that would be an issue for me. So I would have to look in the mirror and say, I, that is uh, hampering me from uh, fully surrendering at times. I think it's a good point you make that, uh, I mean, I can imagine listeners out there, all of us, if we look at what's on the news and the, the global troubles and we let that control our emotions and our feelings and our thoughts and we think we have control over it, it spins us into a worse place, but all we can control is ourselves. And so uh, I tell a story often about make another choice that I, 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 I listeners have probably heard me talk about it before, but basically a teacher uh, said how she helped her students be more in control in line was put their hand over their head and say, make another choice. And so we as individuals can make another choice even in that, I can think about myself. If if I'm getting a little bit of out of control, it's, I know you're calling me to believe. Help me in my unbelief in those moments. And so we can, it, it just comes down to us taking that next right step. Yeah, it might be too big for us, but it's not too big for him. I think about uh, Ecclesiastes, one of my favorite books of the Bible, and Solomon, the smartest man to have ever lived, talking about how, he doesn't know why this happens, and he doesn't know why this happens, but he knows it's better to trust God. Amen. And Job saying the same thing. He doesn't know why he had this suffering and this tribulation, but he knows it's better to love God. And so if you think he's faithful, which I think we all do in our heart, but sometimes our head can get in the way, And then we have to, as I like to say, talk ourselves around that corner where you say, I'm loved by the creator of the universe who gave his son for me. He is trustworthy. 
whenever uh, people reach to him in prayer, they may not get the answer to the prayer that they want, but they he hears them and he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So if you think about for those who love him. So what does it mean to love God if not to trust him? And to surrender. And to surrender. And to condition yourself and to seek him. And uh, there there goes, you know, I, I had a, a friend tell me one time, well, a pastor once told me that all I need to do is love God and with all my heart, my all my soul, and all my mind and love my neighbor as myself. And that's all I need to do. And I'm like, well, in an essence, yeah, but that's that's a really big book. <laughs> if you take and unfold and unpack that whole scenario, okay, you say you love God, but just as we said earlier, are my actions, are my things, are the things that I'm doing saying that? Would anybody know it by looking at me? So that that's a that's a whole that's a whole nother sermon right there. Another yeah. question <laughs> to leave them with: Do I love God? Another question. Well, friends, uh, stay with us. We're going into the fourth segment. We're going to pull things together a little bit, and I'll ask you again to ponder what it is to love God. Stay with us. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com. Huntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Conversations on Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow. And we've asked some big questions. Uh, do you trust God? Do you love God? And such. And we're asking those questions because the answers to those questions, those courageous questions, the answers to those will determine how you look at the difficulties of this world, what you expect, what your expectations are of them, of this world, and your belief in the good that you can do. So I would say one of the tactics of the enemy is to disempower us, to make us to feel like it's too big or too messy and that we can't make a difference. And so for me this morning, I turned on uh, the news or I was looking at the news and I saw some things that upset me so much, it got me in a bad place. And Pastor Steve 
had a good uh, observation when he said, how we condition ourselves or allow ourselves to be conditioned will determine how we respond. And then Christie likes to make a very important distinction between responding and reacting. So reacting is the world happening to you. You don't choose who you are. You don't choose what you think. You just are along for the ride, as opposed to responding, which Pastor Steve has helped us to understand as a product of conditioning. And so he was talking about being a ninja warrior, and I think he maybe like have plans for after being a pastor to become a ninja. Is that right? I've been a ninja for a long time. Oh. oh. He's a ninja <laughs> pastor. And he makes a great point about in the fight, uh, how you respond based on conditioning. And I've seen that as an airline pilot, and I've seen it as a Marine when we rehearse immediate action drills. And so this morning, I think I would have to be self-effacing when I say I wasn't in a place of conditioned character, bringing myself to Jesus, thinking about his values and his steadfast love and how everything is within his control. In fact, he's already overcome the world, which he tells us. And so there I was thinking, that I had the ability to affect these things, and so I was very upset by them. Now, we should be upset, right? We should be upset, but like like we were saying, that shouldn't draw me out of character. I love that uh, understanding. It should not draw you out of character. Well, it shouldn't make us angry, because we know anger does not accomplish the righteousness of God, and so that would be out of character. When Jesus stopped and made a uh, accord and and went in and wreaked havoc on the temple and stuff. He was he was clearly upset, not as you and I would probably be upset, but he was to the point where enough of the shenanigans. I'm making a point. So, scripture says, getting angry is not the sin, but acting in anger is. Okay, and so it it's that should bother us, and it. And I, I guess I'm just trying to say it's okay to get a little riled up, but but then what's the first thing that comes out of my mouth? What's motivating my my hands, my feet, my thoughts, my my speech at that point? Let all I do in word and deed glorify the Lord. So at that point, is it is it my conditioning to try to glorify the Lord in all I do that comes out next, or is it strictly my flesh? Um, and so that, I guess the question there is, what's conditioning you? So have it, we asked that? It's 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 a well. It, what's conditioning you is what we that's what we've kind of been talking about this whole time. Is have have I allowed the world to condition right. me? Have I allowed my desires, my plans, my agendas, my thoughts to to condition me in that the outburst that I would have thereafter? Um, if I'm if I've got a really strong political agenda and that's my backboard versus the the word of God and 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 trying to be Christ like and trying to be an example for others to see Christ in me being my backboard if i've got a real strong political agenda then i'm going to rile up at anything that comes against that agenda you know something else that will cause you to come from that place is if you work very hard in the political arena 
understandably, you'd be upset by the lack of integrity and the hypocrisy and the wasted opportunity and the violation of trust and so forth. That is the American political system. Got it. But it comes from that place of the perception of control, which brings us to, are we surrendered? Have we surrendered our control? And Christy made a a point this morning. She was talking about the process, the process of faith, the process of Christianity, any process which can be trusted to bring about a known outcome. And so Jesus is the known outcome. The process of Christianity has brought about his victory over the world. And do we have the ability to surrender our perception of control to the process, to walk it out on a daily basis, to know where we stop and where he begins, and to just do everything as if unto the Lord, but not from a place of, I need it to be my way. Again, I I think it it goes back to, do I trust him? And as you're saying that something earlier triggered in my mind, and and it it hasn't had a good place to jump in here, but I I believe this is a great place for it to jump in. Matthew 1, the beginning of the New Testament, starts off with the genealogy of Jesus. Okay, And most people will just do a quick skim, if not a complete skip over that, because it's just... Name after name after name after name, okay? But there is so much in in the very first verse. says, the record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And stop right there, and I can preach and teach on that for hours. What What does that tell us? Just right there. The son of David, the son of Abraham, okay? God promised David that his kingdom would reign forever, that a son of his would sit on the throne. Okay, Jesus is of that lineage. Abraham, same promise. How many years before were these promises made? The introduction of Jesus in the New Testament and, and the, the, the age of grace and the coming of the Holy Spirit and all of this starts, Matthew recorded, said, look, God is faithful. He said way back here, that Jesus is coming. All the prophets of the Old Testament pointed to Jesus. He's coming. He's going to be a son of David. He's going to be a son of Abraham. And here's how it starts. The son of, the son of, the son of, proving that God is faithful through the lineage all the way to go back to those prophecies, clear back when, that says God's telling David, God's telling Abraham, I'm making you a promise. And so the beginning, when we see the introduction of Jesus, it's like, hey, Guys, remember those promises? Here's the fulfillment. And it's a beautiful sign of God's faithfulness to bring us to this place to say, maybe it's taken a while. Maybe those prayers seem unanswered. Maybe it's taken you a season or two to get to where you believe God's calling you to be. Maybe it's this. Whatever the case may be, I I can just example after example after example showing you. We can read the verses about trust. But then if I don't have that testimony of myself yet, or maybe I can't really, maybe I just haven't conditioned myself to see where he was faithful, look at all the times that he was faithful throughout Scripture. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, friends, uh, we're going to leave that as the truth. And spoken beautifully points us to 
the idea that this is so long before us, it'll be so long after us, it's but a flash that we have an opportunity to be God's people, to to do good where we can. And uh, Pastor Steve, you put that beautifully. Thank you. And that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. Today, our moment of truth comes from Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, and it says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Friends, the Bible tells us that God has plans to prosper us and not to harm us, and we can trust that. The Bible says that in the end times, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, and so on. So why are we surprised when we see that? I don't know all of God's ways. In this, I'm like my puppy trying to understand my ways. God's ways are higher than our ways. And so I often think about Solomon's conclusions in Ecclesiastes and Job's conclusions through all of his suffering. Both determined that whatever was going on, whatever the meaning of everything was, it was better to trust God. And so I would offer that this is the whole point, to trust God. So this morning, when I was upset by what I saw, I was not in a place of trust. I was in a place of self. I was in a place where I needed to control things, see things the way I thought they should be. And that's not a place where I can accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. So this morning, the world had its way with me and left me feeling disempowered. And that's not the place that I'm supposed to be as one of his uh, sons, one of his warriors, in light of all the good that I can do in his name. And so I would just say that again. The point is to trust God. And that's courageous Christianity. So friends, thanks for being with us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word at kkht.com or on courageouschristianity.today or any of your favorite podcast apps where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.